Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Are we recording now? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, well, yeah. We are skipping our usually very lucrative sponsorship messages and a few other bits because there's basically a ton to go through this week. Yeah, we've actually been struggling to cut things out, I think. You know, um, and every time we go, oh, here's here's the plan for next week. I mean, granted, we're two weeks on, but... Yeah. Um, more stuff just kept coming out, so yeah, yeah. Let's um, start from the beginning and let's the sad news that Ivan Reitman passed away this week. Yes, and yeah, I'm Mark and I sort of talked about this on online and 75. You know, it's not it's not old. Well, these days, not really. But he did get to see Afterlife and the franchise passed down to his son, which is quite a nice thing. Yeah, and. They've not kind of said, released any information about the cause of death, but I did see in the statement it said it was unexpected. So it didn't seem like he'd been Unwell ill long. particularly. No, I saw it, it was he was peacefully in his sleep at home. So, yeah. That, I mean, that could be anything, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Very and sad. he's certainly d- doing the recent publicity stuff for, for Afterlife. He certainly seemed chipper and full of beans. So Yeah, sure. And actually, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger put out a statement saying that he'd been speaking to him just recently uh, regarding the sequel to Twins. Triplets. Uh, Triplets, yeah. Which I think they've been working on for a long, long time and is kind of rumoured to include, uh, I think they were talking about um, Eddie Murphy as the third child. Okay. Adult. Um, but in that statement, Schwarzenegger did say that he w- that they were planning on, on filming that in the autumn. Okay. So, doesn't sound like there was. When they say it was an unexpected death, it certainly does seem that way. It doesn't sound like there was anything health-wise particularly wrong with him, or other than just being a bit old. Which, as you say, that age is is really nothing. Yeah, days. yeah, agreed. It's it is very sad. It's it very is. Sad. It is. Well, with the Super Bowl just gone, you know that famous American football thing, which not many people in the UK understand but pretend to. With that came the usual. Well. I say usual, there wasn't that many this year, but trailer drop. Yes. And the one trailer that I was expecting got released three or four days before the Super Bowl, which is Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah. Which that looks, looks really okay. Good. It, it looks good. Yeah. Reuniting <laughs> the original three cast members. Yes. In the World Trilogy. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've already seen Jeff Goldblum. His cameo in, in the last one, which I thought was was a nice appearance. I am really looking forward to this. I I've really enjoyed the Jurassic World film so far. I did when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I think on reflection, I've not really enjoyed them. Okay, I thought number one was okay because I think I was just excited to have a, a new Jurassic film. Sure, yeah. But then as the film progressed and the the reliance on CG, which okay for nineteen ninety four. It, it still looks okay. Hmm. But if you're going to rely on it heavily for these creatures that don't exist, I felt it was very badly done. They made up for it a little bit in The Fallen Kingdom mm-hmm. with some use of animatronics. I'm just scared that the third one will go back to the first one's problems. I, I think you're maybe overestimating how much CGI was used. What, in the first Jurassic World? Yeah. I will look yeah. it up, but I still think it was a ton. It was, don't get me wrong. But they did make uh, quite a big deal for for both films in the behind the scenes stuff of the level of animatronics that were used. Maybe it's that the first one. Yes, I remember that being done, and Colin Trevorrow was like, "Yeah, we're going to go back to what made the original mm. one great." Mm-hmm. But the large scale animatronics didn't exist. It was the little things like the little petting zoo stuff, or the close up stuff. Well, sure. Whereas yeah. you know, in the first Jurassic Park, well, in Jurassic Park. An animatronic T-Rex tears the shit out of a Jeep. I know what you mean. There was, yes, probably an over-reliance on it. There's something about... We've said it before, haven't we, when we were talking before about like the thing and the prequel versus the original, uh-huh. where there is the, there's something about the way an animatronic or makeup or a physical effect captures and reflects light and, and has a, a look that still just can't quite be captured. Yeah, yeah. It, as much it you can do in camera, the better. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. not a director or make, you know make movies, and I know why 
things are relied on in 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 the computer. Mm. Mm. But yeah, if I was a an actual filmmaker, I know which one I'd like to try and do more of, which of is physical stuff. But then again, what do I know? Of course. Having said that, having said that, sod Jurassic World. Ah, uh, it's it's just it's not even ah uh, no because that is not the main event. No. I mean, there was a trailer that dropped that... Oh, my God. It dropped on Super Bowl Sunday, which is... That it was did. my segue into this. Yes. Now, I wasn't... Before before we tell our listeners what this is, I wasn't really... Right, so, spoiler alert, right? Let's get spoiler alert out there now. At the end of... That's your spoiler alert check. This is a spoiler alert now. Just making sure. Yeah. At the end of Spider-Man No Way Home we had our first look at Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And I was excited to see the trailer, because I think Doctor Strange is one of the best MCU oh, characters. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer. Oh, ruined it. I've ruined it. <laughs> so, do carry on. And I thought, yeah, this looks quite good, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm really excited. Anyway, trailer 2 for Doctor Strange 2 dropped on Super Bowl Sunday. Hmm. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Mark, yeah. explain to our listeners why I swear. Because Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that that's how you do a trailer. It's, it's an impressive one because, and again, we spoke about this with, with the Spider-Man stuff. The, the Spider-Man trailers had this really tricky balance of showing the multiverse stuff, you know, glimpses of villains that we've seen before without revealing anything about whether or not we'd get any other Spider-Men, right? Even though the rumours, the internet, everyone knew it was going to be that. The yeah, trailer yeah. kind of played that side down. Now, that my understanding of that is that Sony was in charge of that marketing campaign because it's a Marvel Studios production, but it's a Sony release and they deal with the marketing. This, obviously, is a full-on Marvel movie. And I think they've they've struck the balance here perfectly in terms of teasing this kind of huge multiverse stuff which kind of kicked off with Loki and then went through Wanda oh sorry kicked off with Wanda I guess really didn't it to a degree uh, yeah and then Loki and then obviously no way home really burst it open and now this is this is like a sequel to all three of those things mm-hmm. kind of pulling it together and and yeah I think that the balance of you are going to see the craziest shit but as much as wild as this trailer is, we're not even showing you half of what's well, going to happen. This is the thing. So you still haven't really explained why the holy shit was uttered. Now, I watched this, I think it dropped like five to midnight, I want to say, on, yeah. on Sunday. I happened to be up and the trailer dropped. I was like, I said to my wife, let's watch this. Yeah. And we both got up out of the sofa and yeah. gasped. Because well, this, is, this because... is the bit I'm getting to. This is the bit I'm getting to. Oh, you're such a tease. Because, because, because. Oh. Yes, the, the, the No Way Home trailer kept its thing very much under its hat, apart from the villains, right? This one, we, we hear a very familiar voice. Right? Tell, them, tell them who it is. Tell them who it is, Mark. Patrick Stewart. Oh, my God. Okay. A.K.A. Professor X. Right. Professor Xylophone himself. Oh. Um. We don't see his face. We see what we th- presume is the back of his head. And his left ear. And his left ear. But the voice is unmistakable. Ah, oh, right? you can't unhear his voice. And clearly, this is the beginning of the introduction of the X-Men. Uh, it's, 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 well, that, but... But it's more... Obviously, it's, there's, more, there's more going it's, on. It's well, Marvel's this... Illuminati. That is exactly. what this meeting is. And yes. again, we, we could bang on that the X-Men are becoming canon. And of course, it's probably going to be a variant of Charles Xavier. But... Oh, yes. I doubt this is going to be the Fox no. Xavier. But they're... And, oh, God. To, and to be fair, I would imagine that this will be a one-and-done appearance by Patrick Stewart. Oh, I agree. Because I can't imagine him now wanting to sign up for another 10 years' worth. Well, I did see a theory today. Imagine if Wanda... You know, Wanda has all these visions. Imagine if Mm. Patrick Stewart morphs into McAvoy, you know, and... Yeah. You know... Or or the McAvoy version appears at some point. Ah, it could be... This this, this comes back to the... Marvel know what they're doing. Yeah. They wanted you to know that was Patrick Stewart, and they wanted you to know that the X-Men are coming. Yeah. And... There was another thing online 
in the poster. Mm. Well, one, I think we're going to get a ton of variants in this film, and mm-hmm, the trailer mm-hmm. gives you that idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the poster, somebody's upped like the resolution, or not upped re- resolution, but upped the brightness on certain shards of glass, and you yeah. can s- clearly see what looks like Deadpool. Yep. And then yep. Captain Carter's Field. shield. Yep. And then yep. in the trailer, when you see Doctor Strange being taken to the Illuminati, yeah. to the left of Strange you see a character sat in the chair, someone's yeah. up the brightness it's Mr. Fantastic, it has to be it looks like it, it does look like it it's but gonna I think, be batshit but I think what I was getting to in, in, in terms of the, the Patrick Stewart bit, you think if Marvel are happy to let that cat out of the bag oh. at, at this stage yeah. imagine what they're not letting out yeah, I completely agree do, with do you because know I mean? under normal circumstances just him being in it as Professor X would be a huge deal, right? Oh, yeah. And it is, it is. But even him being in an MCU film would be like, Jesus Christ, way! But, cocking hell. <laughs> if, if, if they're happy for that, just, like, drop that casually into a trailer. Oh. Can you... Um, what else? Oh, there's obviously rumours, right? There's rumours that John Krasinski's been cast it's as It's got as to be Reed Krasinski. There's, there's rumours that that Tom Cruise is going to play a variant of Tony Stark, and that the the Ultron droids that were taking Strange to the Illuminati were his successful version of the Ultron program, right? Cool, cool. As opposed to the MCU one that went tits up. So yeah, do you know like... what I'm most look, most excited for the prospect of? Go on. They can bring Hugh Jackman in as a Wolverine yep. cameo. He yep. finally makes it to the MCU. Then they recast the real MCU or our timeline variant of Logan. Yeah. Bosh. Yeah. I think this is going to be a real kind of. Yeah, just. I think. It's going to be a ton of fan service, but also oh, really sort of plow now the next five, ten years again of the, yeah. of the series. And it the fact that Patrick Stewart is, is in it is. I can't contain my excitement anymore. Mm. I'm so excited for these films now. Mm. I wasn't. And now I'm like, no, nah, they're. They're doing what Spider-Man did, which was massive fan service. Yeah. But it turned out to be a bloody good film. One other thing they did on this trailer, which is... I don't think it's it's not the first time they've done it, but it's certainly a new development, is one of the first parts of the trailer says, a film by Sam Raimi. Oh. Where they are front and centre advertising the fact that it's who the director is. They did it for Returnals... Where I think at the end of the trailer it said from the Oscar-winning Chloe Zhao, right? I think they wanted to cash in on the fact that she was an Oscar winner, though. Exactly. But here it's like, yeah, fucking Sam Raimi. We've got Sam Raimi. Yeah. <laughs> M- Miss, you know? I'd say he was Miss, not Mr. MCU, obviously, but he was the man that brought superheroes into the the forefront of mm. as a billion-dollar company, I would say, with, with his yeah. original Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. Absolutely. Could you imagine if we get Toby Maguire and he gets to direct Toby Maguire again? That'd be pretty cool. Well, again, that's been another one of the rumours that at least one of the other Spider-Men are going to appear in it. Uh, it? Is it out I in mean, May? It may. Oh, yeah. it's not long. Yeah. Not long at all. One thing I'm interested in, though, is Scott Derrickson's still listed as a producer, right? Uh, and he, he was originally going to direct it. And he yeah, he was the original it. director of Strange, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he did the first one and he was he was kind of tied up to do this one. And he left over the old creative differences. Now, what was interesting there is that when it was first announced and he was still attached as director, he said it was going to be Marvel's first horror film. Now, yes, I remember that. Now, obviously, Marvel are never going to make a horror movie, right? Whatever they make, it's going to, unless it's Deadpool, whatever they make as part of the MCU is going to be a PG-13 stroke 12A, right? But obviously... It was clear he meant it's going to really push it right to the edge. And he's a horror director, so you can kind of get that. But he left over kind of differences over the script. And I, I wonder if the fact that they replaced him with Sam Raimi, who is <laughs> a horror director, a horror director <laughs> shows that they're clearly still going to be pushing that edge. And you can see from the trailer, there are some shots that look pretty intense. Out there, yeah, intense. yeah. But I wonder if this was a, a similar situation to the one that they had with Edgar Wright, where 
his Ant-Man script was was originally written before the MCU even existed, right? He'd be working on it for 10 years before... before oh, that I never the, knew. ...the MCU, right? He'd been working for it a long time when I think Artisan Entertainment owned the rights at one point before Marvel bought them back, and he'd been working on it since then. It was then kind of squidged and moulded to fit into the MCU, but he left because... Marvel were trying to get too much of the wider MCU references into it, so it wasn't as much of a standalone film anymore. And I wonder if Derrickson had the same issue, where he's trying to make this... I mean, it was still called Multiverse of Madness at the time, right? But he was trying to make this this film that he wanted to make. But Marvel were going, actually, no, this is Multiverse now. We want you to include this. We want you to include that. Mm. We're going to have these cameos. We're going to have these variants, because we've got We've got WandaVision and Loki are doing all the, you know, variant things and we've got these cameos and we want to link it to the next five films that are coming out later on. We need to introduce the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, blah, blah, blah. And I wonder if he was like going, no, I I just want to make my sequel that's about the multiverse and it's like a horror movie. And they were like, no, no, we we want... Get in your box. Basically, basically. And... So I, because I, 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 th- I wondered originally, is it because that Marvel didn't want to go down that horror? Not again. Let's not call it a horror movie. Didn't want to go down that darker route. But then they brought Sam Raimi on, who's a horror director. So maybe it wasn't. Maybe that wasn't the issue. But it seems like now it's so stuffed full, if the rumors are to believed, with different cameos from both a character perspective and an actor perspective. Did he just not want to do that? Quite possibly. You know, well, I'm sure it'll come out in the in the wash. It will, and I mean, he's still attached as a producer, so obviously, you know, they, they still want him around to a degree. But whatever, as as trailers go, I think it's one of the most impressive. What the fuck have I just seen? Trailers. It, it certainly did what it's meant to do, which is get you hyped. Absolutely. But we should move on, Mark, because this is a jam-packed episode. We should, we should. Okay, in t- talk about trailers that are going to get you hyped. One of one which didn't particularly was the one for the Lord of the Rings TV show. Did, I still have haven't watched yet? it, purely because I want to go into it, I think, quite un- unknowing of what's coming. Yeah. And, so, you know, from what you've said, it looks stylistically very close to Jackson's trilogy. Yeah, it looks trilogy. fine. It looks fine. There's really, I mean, all I know is it's set thousands of years before the other films, or the films, the the stories. There's really nothing there. You see glimpses of bits of action. The landscapes look impressive. We'll see. I think we need a proper full trailer to. Yeah, it's to, uh, out on Amazon Prime later in the year, isn't it? I think for, for all you UK. I, th- I yeah. assume it's Prime in America too, or is it Hulu in America? Oh, worldwide. It'll be worldwide. No, it's Amazon. We're making it. It's Amazon. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, okay. So that's that one. I've been to the cinema. Go on. <laughs> I went on a mandate with one of my best friends to uh-huh. go and see Jackass Forever. Okay. Which is the fourth ridiculous outing of the Jackass franchise. Uh, I laughed quite a bit. I also cringed quite a bit. And I was a little bit sad when it was over, to be truth be told. Okay. Was it as good as the others? No. Right, okay. What, was it what we needed after a really shitty two years? Absolutely. Mm. That's all you can ask for, really. Well, guess, yeah. It? It, the fact that, okay, they, they don't do many good comedy films at the moment, you know, like a, pro, a serious comedy now. I'm not talking slapstick. Yeah. But, you know, to go and have a giggle at some people being stupid, it's quite nice and refreshing. Yes. No, yeah. I, I've not seen it yet, but the reviews... I've been... Generally, very positive. I was surprised with it being as, like you say, as reviewed as highly as it is. I was surprised that I came out feeling less like them. And I think oh, it, okay. I think it's a movie that has been overhyped by the critics. That's interesting because a lot of the more positive reviews I read were from critics who I wouldn't have expected to particularly like it. That's that's cool, and I'm glad. But I'm happy for which them. Is good, yeah, yeah. Now, also, the re- another reason why I was a bit, hmm, this isn't as good as I expected it. Now, <laughs> this, this might get edited out. I love male nudity as much as the next straight man, right? <laughs> no, this is staying in. <laughs> However, this one was way over the top. Okay. And some of the stunts they've done with their junk is horrendous. 
the opening scene is absolutely frigging hilarious, but why would a person do that to their junk? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it... Uh, and apparently 4.5 is on the way. Um, Rumours are it's Netflix, a Netflix exclusive. Oh, excellent. And... Jeff Tremaine's, they said, what, what, what can we ex- uh, see in the extended cut of 4.5 when he just said more male nudity? <laughs> but, you know... Well, you'll it, be happy with that then. Oh, uh, it just got too much, mate. I didn't like that, to be honest with you. Okay, um, okay. But three three trumpets from me. Okay, let's go see the Book of Boba Fett. Book of Bobalorian. Bob- which, yeah, which finished last week. Um... <sighs> well, where do we start? I think the pamphlet of Boba Fett would have been better. But it was more the poster, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the and, 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 the, and the poster boy of Boba Fett was the Mandalorian. <laughs> well, it was, wasn't it? I think it would have been better as as a story kind of woven into the Mandalorian season three. Perhaps yeah, agreed. I just don't think there was enough there to carry. What was it? Seven episodes. Was it really that long? I think it felt longer. Um, Yeah. It was a shame, really, because the episode (sighs) in Mandalorian where he kind of came back... was so good. was fucking brilliant. It's funny because it's it's had the opposite in this one. The episode where the Mandalorian came back was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it was a real shame because I think there was really... We didn't really... The, the flashbacks, I think, were the worst part. Because although they show him escaping from the Sarlacc pit and kind of training with the Sand People, etc., etc., they didn't really tell us anything that we needed to know, right? No, because the Sarlacc escape was confirmed in a comic, wasn't it, a while ago? Possibly, yeah. Something but, like but that. But there was just didn't feel like that was developing him as a character at all, right? And I think what I would have rather have seen... Now, we may have already seen this in some of the animated series. I don't know, because I've not watched them, right? But what I would have rather have seen is what happened to him after Attack of the Clones when his dad was killed and he picked up the armour. Yeah. Right. What happens to him between that and Empire Strikes Back where we see him as a bounty hunter? And we'll never know. I want to see that. I Because, like, there's a bit where the... Cad Bane clearly knows him, right? Who's I guess has worked with him in, in the past, either worked with him or been a rival to him in the past. What about that? How did he go from being the kid whose dad was killed? Oh, well, not even his dad was he? he was a clone of his dad. Oh, clones can be parents too, Mark. But you know what I mean. Like what what so happened? Where what I would want to see if they were going to do flashbacks was the teenage Boba Fett, yeah, becoming a bounty hunter. And his past in interactions with characters like Cad Bane and, and some of the others that he, he clearly knows along the way kind of thing. How did he get into then working for the Empire and, and so on? That would have been more interesting than what we got, which was teaching some people how to ride speeder bikes. But they also brought back Luke Skywalker. Much more successfully than um, the last one, Mandalorian. Yeah, Yeah. and again, there's not really much to say about that because every other bloody nutcase on the internet has been talking about it. Mm. But I, I was like, yeah, they've sold me on that now, and I thought they did a much better job. And if they are going to bring Luke back in it, they've got it nailed now. Oh yeah, I think they could do that now in in like the other series that that are coming along. Without any issues, no problem at all. But no, I, I just think it was fine. There were some good bits, but it, I don't think there was enough there to warrant a dedicated series. It would have been better as part of Mandalorian. I 100% um, agree. Um, but, you know, there we, there we go, I guess. That's that's that one. How many trumpets would you give it, Mark? Uh, God, out of what, five? We always go five trumpets. Yeah, I'll go maybe a one and a half, maybe a two. It's quite hard to do a half trumpet, because I drop them Four. in, don't I? So two, it'll have <laughs> to be two, or a slightly elongated two, one. Yeah, okay. It'll be a two. Cool. But, but yeah, not really. Um... Okay. Anyway, yeah. so last bit of sort of review and, you know, what we've been looking at before we get into the the deep dark side of our topic of the week um this is going to hurt has now well finished if you watch it on iplayer i guess which is a medical 
comedy drama based on the book by Dr. Adam Kay. Follows Ben Whishaw as a OBGYN doctor, doesn't it? And Brats and Swats. Brats and Swats. And I laughed until my, my jaw hurt and at mm. times I thought I was going to cry my eyes out. Mm. Mm. Absolutely fantastic telly. Just incredible show. I mean, I'm, the the book is fantastic. It's quite different to the book, but the the book well, it does it doesn't book. end like I know I know how because Adam is now a doctor. Adam is no longer yes. a doctor, but he's a writer, comedy writer, and mm-hmm. I happened to Wikipedia him because I was interested, and I saw yeah. how he why he leaves the medical profession. Yeah, and that doesn't happen in the show yet. No, no. Um, but you're right. I just thought it was fantastic. I thought there was, there was, you could tell it was written by someone who'd worked there. You know, there was there was none of this. It was funny, but not like Scrubs funny. Um, no, it's funny because it's it it's not sarc- sarcastic, but like there's scenes where, you know, he asks a man to go get a sample, and he gives him a pot, and he comes back with a pot of his ejaculate. <laughs> And he's like, "Oh, sorry, I should have been more specific." And then he turns on his elbow, he knocks it over his phone, and I, ca- yeah. I, I said to my wife, "I went, that's sad because that's actually happened to him, probably." Yeah, yeah. and that's why it's there. But ah, oh, I was weak, absolutely yeah. weak. It was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And there were some bits in it where you just the stuff happens in some of the bits. And again, we don't want to spoil it, but there's bits where you go like, you know, I, I was not expecting that, or, or there's, there's. I don't know. It kind of it just it, cha- it can change tone so quickly. It doesn't shy away from the fact that the NHS has been struggling since well, it's set in two thousand six, and mm. it and it shows the NHS was struggling badly back then, and you know we all know how much pressure has been put on it in the last two years. But there's parts where it's bloody hell. I don't know how these people can do that job. Um, I couldn't do mm. it. That's why no, I've never no. never tried to pursue it. But no. it was. Really good. It was fantastic. One of the best pieces of television I've seen for. for I'm going to give it our first five trumpets. Oh my word! I I would if I could give it a six. I would give it. A six. Maybe I'll drop a sixth in for you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> was there anything else you want to cover before we move on? I don't think so. I think it's time for the topic of the week jingle. Okay, cue jingle. It's time for topic or topics of the week. Right. So go on then. Do you want to so, introduce this bit? I, I do. I'm in, I'm enjoying all this like newfound responsibility of introducing our topics and talking a bit more. It's quite nice actually. So we've talked a lot about our I would call it our mainstream media, so our films and our television services. Yes. But something that has been around for well years and years now. So two thousand. I want to say two thousand and five. It first launched something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, sounds right. Let me find an actual statistic. Stand by for a fact check. Fact check incoming. Yes, look, 2005. I was correct. I should have stuck to my guns. You had that ready. I actually didn't have the tab open, so there we are. YouTube has become this tour de force giant since its launch in 2005, and with its own subscription service now. Mark and I wanted to talk about that side of content. You know, it's on the internet, it's free to watch for the most part. And we just wanted to have a little chat about what YouTube we like, because, of course, we slack off. We watch YouTube. And, you know, it's a service that has 2.1 billion users worldwide. Which is phenomenal. That's a, that's it, a huge, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be ignored. And, you know, no. we always talk about the big stick waivers. YouTube is a big stick waiver. Mm. You know, so we've got a list of a few YouTubers that we like. YouTube, aside from a few kind of select TV shows and, and so on, I probably watch more YouTube than regular TV these days with the kind of channels that are there. And, of course, the old powerful algorithm suggesting new stuff. It's just great. And, and it was actually tricky to whittle down to a list of... I think we've got five each. I think it was tricky for me to whittle down to just to just five, to be honest. I think mine was easier purely because I do go down the rabbit hole more than like follower YouTuber and I, I okay. and you'll find a lot of mine aren't people that are vloggers and right. they're not oh this is what I'm doing in my life look how much money I have <laughs> oh yeah no I can't stop uh, all that they, stuff. the whole YouTuber name I think is is dirty because it's it is a vanity contest with a lot of these creators yes whereas a lot of the ones I'm looking at are 
maybe teaching, um, maybe um, dissecting things mm-hmm, that I'm a fan mm-hmm. of. But uh, go on, you start, you start, you start. Okay, well, my first one is a lot of mine are a similar thing, really. The more kind of information stuff and, and education is the wrong word, but that kind of thing. So my first one is, is one called Technology Connections. Um, it's an American channel and it's a just a real mix. It's just one guy in his studio who basically breaks down different technologies, be it modern, be it you know, a couple of centuries old, he'll look at the history of, you know, some recent ones, for example, black and white film development and photography, um, darkroom printing, uh, light bulb technology, why, you know, UK plugs are better than American plugs because of the, you know, safety I mean, ev- features. Everybody knows in. that. But, but that kind of thing, right? And he breaks it down nice and easily. Uh, he looks at, diff- you know, old-fashioned gas lamps, different types of clocks, and it's such a varied range of stuff that he covers from kind of industrial things down to a lava lamp that you might have in your room. How does a lava lamp work? You know, that kind of thing. And they're just interesting. They're, they're not too long, usually no more than half an hour. Cool. Um, yeah, just really interesting, fascinating stuff. And there's always something new. Nice. Your turn. Your turn. My first one, again, no particular order here, but I'm going to start off with quite a big hitter of the internet world, which is what culture? Oh, yeah. Um, so they are a, basically, they again, straight off their website. In 2006, they started publishing articles under the banner of Obsessed with Film, aiming to be a news destination and conversation hub about all things Hollywood. Sounds a bit like us, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they've grown into... Um, writing articles, TV, gaming, music, science, tech, comics, sport, everything you can think mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. I personally follow their YouTube side, not the website. Yeah. And they do lots of like, here's our top 10 best horror films or here's our top 10 best practical effects in films, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's quite fun. You know, you don't necessarily have to watch the entire film, but, you know, there's, there's, they've done some really cool videos over the years. But one chap in particular, one presenter, is a chap called Jules, and... One day it was, you know, I was watching this video and before he did his usual sign off, he he did this really like emotional, you know, look after yourself kind of speech. Mm. And I've noticed ever since he does one at the end of everything and it's a case of like, you know, you know, thanks for watching this. And, you know, you're a really good person and, you know, you should, you should look after yourself because it's okay not to be and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And it really threw me. It just made me sit there and think. What a cool way to sign off a video that, you know, he doesn't know who we are, but yeah. it was quite, a, not an inspirational quote or an inspirational moment, but it was certainly a a nice thing to put at the end of a bloody YouTube video, you know? I get you. No, I get that. But yeah. no, I, I, it, it it didn't affect me, but it was just a nice thing to hear, I guess, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes a change. I think a lot, a lot of these kind of sites that are full of top 10 lists and all that are just like an annoying voiceover. They just want you your wish- like, and then they want you to go away. Yeah, you know. basically. So to have that little kind of moment at the end, I guess, just makes makes a nice change. No, that, yeah, that's cool. cool. That's cool. My next one is sorted food, right? I like so, food. You like food? I do like food. I eat I it do, most I days. I do as well. Yeah, yeah. So they are quite a big channel, all right? They're, they're hardly a kind of amateur guy working from doing the thing out of his basement right it's a group of guys mainly guys occasionally they let girls play and it's a mix of chefs there's a couple of chefs professional chefs and and there are three what they call normals right just non non chefy guys and they just look at kind of different food stuff really they they'll look at kitchen gadgets right are these gadgets any good they'll do recipes from a hundred year old cookbook and, and and try and recreate old recipes they do one of the ones that's interesting actually that they do quite often is um expensive ingredients versus the cheaper alternative right that's pretty cool so you know obviously these days when you're trying to kind of 
save money where you can, you want to be sure that if you are going to spend extra, you're spending extra on quality ingredients. You're not going to throw your money away. So they'll have like like a cheap, smart price tin of something versus a hand-picked select Harrods equivalent or whatever it might be, <laughs> right? Maybe not Harrods, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I like, you know, like one of the recent ones was testing honey, right? And you think, well, fucking honey is honey, right? But it was a, a, a £2 jar of honey versus a, a £15 jar of honey. But yeah, who's like, spending 15 quid on honey? But, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, one, can you actually tell the difference? Two, could you justify spending the difference? Where would, you know, where might you use one instead of the other kind of thing. So that's quite interesting. Cool. I always like that. Um, and they'll do like similar ones where they've got like making the same dish, one with a £5 budget and one with an unlimited budget. And again, what are the results? Can you really tell the difference? That that kind of thing. So it's just kind of a fun, informative, useful, but entertaining generally more than anything. Cool. I like that. That's a really mm. cool thing. Especially mm. consumer advice that is is looking out for the for the not working class, but do you know what I mean? The people that aren't as yeah, well yeah. off as other people. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Okay, I'm gonna change the pace. Go on. Gonna move over to a you know it's it's no secret that I like my music. So there's two musicians. You may have on... mentioned that one sort of. <laughs> when I'm allowed to, there's two yeah. musicians on my list. Uh, the first one's a chap called Rob Scallon, who is mm-hmm. a American guitarist. Okay. He is an insanely talented chap he can play a plethora of instruments a shit hot guitarist and he shouldn't really be allowed near stringed instrument instruments because if it's weird and stringed he can play it okay and he's doing a series at the moment with a friend of his who's a carpenter they're making their own instruments with no experience oh so he, right. he's um created scatela a uh, drum kit, a Scatella guitar, and the most recent one is a Scatella piano. <laughs> oh, wow. And they are hilariously bad, but, of course, he works out a way to play them and gets a song out of it, and it's incredible. Okay. All but right. He's, he's a really, really good musician. That's that's all it is. And it's just, just makes you jealous watching his shit. You know, you go, I wish I could play like that. Yeah, yeah. But he's done okay. stuff like create an album in a day with another musician, and it's just insanely talented. I, I like the idea of the homemade instruments. I'll like send you the link because it's yeah, just so yeah. funny. The guitar one's brilliant because it was sharp. They went, yeah. do you know how to do you know how to level frets? No. <laughs> what fret <laughs> wire do we do? Oh, no, just steel. Like stuff like that. It's so funny. <laughs> okay. But I'll, I'll I'll hijack it for a little bit longer because my second musician on my list is Justin Hawkins. Rides again. Of the darkness. Of the very same. Yeah. And his channel has really got huge over the last year or so. And Mm. he does a lot of in-depth analysis of things in music. So he's done things like um, the new Muse single, which I talked about a few episodes ago. He's gone Mm. in on that. And some some critiques have been quite harsh. But again, as a musician myself, I like hearing other musicians' thoughts. And he's stupidly talented, knows a lot about music and music theory. And will talk you through why songs that are popular work. And I really like that. Now I've seen because I'm young and hip, I I use TikTok. Oh, do you actually? I do. Oh, not even I've got TikTok. As as a viewer, not a not a TikToker. I doubt it. I, I, more, I bet you mime of, into everything. I'm more of a TikToky. Um, <laughs> Jesus but Christ! He is on there, and I think he puts snippets of his longer videos on TikTok. Because I've seen bits of him where he's talking about there's a song that's out, and if you if you think it sounds familiar, here's why. Yeah, that's, that's and he exactly then what he's doing. Breaks yeah. it down. So okay, but obviously TikTok's limited to like a couple of minutes. But here I can see. I'm just looking at his page now. I can see these kind of like 10, 15 minute long things. Now I and I didn't okay. realise how musical he actually was, and that that's probably me thinking. Look at the band he was in. Yeah, and, and the persona that he had, but he's insanely talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, he, I've, and I've he always... comes back, and he, you know, if somebody slags him off from the last video, he comes back and explains it. And some people, he's really ripped a new one. Yeah, <laughs> as you can imagine. But again, yeah, as, as a guitarist myself, I like hearing other people dissect stuff, and I don't have the same musical theory knowledge that he does. So I'm mm. again, I'm learning stuff. Well worth a subscribe, especially if you're a fan of the darkness. I mean, I have I have just hit that subscribe button. So I was going to say maybe, maybe he'll listen and maybe you'll go cheers, but I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> now talking of dissection, 
sense. Here is a smooth segue into my next one. Cinema Tyler. Okay. So this is a bit more kind of scholarly, let's say. Um, it, but it's an in-depth... What it says here, we take an in-depth look into the construction of some of cinema's greatest movies. So they're like video essays, right, around... Um, well, a recent one has been about how Warner Brothers got the Batmania going in 1989. Um, the stuff around, you know, why The Exorcist was so scary to, to audiences in the 70s. He's then done whole series. So there's a whole playlist on there where he's made a series of videos about the making of Apocalypse Now. And there's 10 videos there. And they're all like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour long. Okay. Really in-depth look at the development of the film, um, you know, how George Lucas wanted to make it before Coppola made it, how he made, how he raised the money, the choice of the Jim Morrison song that opens the film, the whole thing around Harvey Keitel being fired, just so in-depth. And that's just about Apocalypse Now. He's done similar ones on Kubrick. Um, he, he, did a, he did a one for Full Metal Jacket, uh, clockwork orange so like this whole series of video essays so well researched not this isn't this isn't a criticism not highbrow not kind of they're not going to turn people off right they're not all kind of uh, pretentious you know but just <laughs> ac- accessible really well researched clear factual um just fantastic either as i say standalone individual essays as well as a series. He's clearly a huge Kubrick fan because he's done tons of stuff on Kubrick. Um, but he's got stuff in there, sci-fi, you know, historical movies, recent films, old films, all that kind of thing. Um, and they're all digestible. They range in time from kind of 15 minutes to half an hour or so each. Um, and they're just well worth a watch. Really enjoy, really enjoy that channel. Excellent. Would you like another one? Because I took up two. Oh, sure, yeah. My next one, then, is Toy Galaxy. I like toys. Um, I like food. I like toys. I'm an adult, but I like toys. (laughs) So Toy Galaxy is a kind of a pop culture, in general, uh, channel, right? And it looks at the history of toys, TV shows, movies, uh, cartoons, whatever it might be. Uh, Again, videos range from kind of 15 minutes to half an hour or so. Uh, It's covered... You know, the history of Knight Rider, Ninja Turtles films, Captain Power, Voltron, uh, He Man, uh, some Gundam, really you know, good anime stuff. Cult things there. Yeah, yeah, cult stuff. Um, 80s, 90s is, is kind of a, a particular area that he covers, but he does more up to date stuff as well. And again, nice, short, fairly short videos, digestible, well researched. Um, and, and just well put together. And if you're into your, if you kind of grew up in the eighties and nineties, and, and you know, and you're into your pop culture, there's, there's tons of stuff in there that you'll you'll learn and about. It's American, so it's obviously very skewed towards the American side of things. Um, but but yeah, it's it's good fun, good interesting stuff to watch on there. I'll check that out. That sounds quite cool. Mm. cool. And what's your number five? So my next one again is it's a theme. Um, in the last two years, I'd say, um, Steve-O from Jackass has become a bit of a social media star. Mm-hmm. And his YouTube videos are uh, an interesting insight into his life and with his stories of fame, drug abuse, his sobriety. Sobriety? Sobriety? I can't remember how to say that. His new sober life. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll be brilliant in the edit. Oh, and yeah. Smooth. He looks at some untold stories. Um, he's got a podcast as well, Steve-O's Wild Ride, which I don't listen to, but again, I watch the clips online. And it's just quite interesting. He's very open. He's very frank. It's just, yeah, it's just just a decent thing. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the Jackass yeah. series, and I'm certainly a fan of how Steve-O has, one, remained alive, but two, turned his life around. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in awe. About how, how he's still it's, alive. It's incredible. To be but um, I'm also, it's also incredible to. See, I'm, I'm in awe that he's alive, yes. But I'm more in awe that his sober life, because I'm not going to say the words again, 
is he maintains it and it's course it's going to be a struggle for him for a man that had the life that he had and you know I've not suffered with substance but I imagine it would be a right bloody hard thing to actually get over and stick at it for 10 years like he has been oh yeah yeah um again if you're a fan of the jackass series it's well worth a watch yeah I've I've not watched the channel I've not seen any of his videos but in stuff I have seen him in outside Jackass, you know, he's, he's like been guests on different programs sure. and other podcasts. He always does come across as very kind of genuine and down to earth. He does seem not, a nice bloke. He's not like one of these fame's gone to his head wankers kind of thing. He, he does very settled. Yeah. And as you say, especially considering what a whirlwind he must have gone through when Jackass was at its height. Yeah. Um, he does seem very kind of settled and happy with where he is and, and what he's and he's still so. doing absolutely batshit stuff well yeah <laughs> which is crazy sober <laughs> but yeah he, he just seems like a, a genuinely nice guy and i hope he brings his stand-up tour over here um to be honest because he it looks really good and he said it's stuff that he could never have done it as part of jackass yeah so I'm, I'm yeah. i dare say he'd do well if he brought that over of course here. he I would i think there's a lot of fans around that that'd still want to go and see him yeah Okay, well, my last one, the channel is called In Camera, um, and it's a small special effects company uh, in the UK who have a channel that basically covers low-budget filmmaking with special effects. So, as the name suggests, the focus of their channel is to demonstrate the kind of way you can achieve very you know, convincing effects and, and, and impressive effects on, on, on a low budget using in, in-camera techniques, right? So model work, you know, hanging stuff in front of the camera and, and, and things like that, but with a little bit of digital work in there just to kind of augment but never kind of take over, okay. if you know what I mean. So they've done stuff on how to do, how you might do like bullet hits, for example, miniature submarines, miniature planes, that sounds right up my street. Um, it is. It's great. So they take, you know, there's there's one where it was done over two or three episodes of creating um, a shot of like World War Two bombers flying over a city that had been bombed and was on fire. Right. right. With a camera looking down from above the bombers as they fly over the city that's below, and the whole shot, the the actual city was basically done by taking uh, some satellite photos blowing them up huge and printing them out onto a board, putting lights behind the the pictures, but pricking little holes in the paper so right. the lights came through, covering that then with like literally just cotton wool with some lights inside to look like smoke and fire and things, and then using like a model kit bomber in front of a blue screen, comping that on several times to look like a whole squadron of bombers. That's genius. And the final shot's incredible, right? Genuinely incredible. But you see how they do it kind of at every stage. And as a, as a for low-budget filmmakers, you go, actually, you know what? That's, that's achievable. You Literally anybody could do that. So it's really nice. They kind of, they don't go in for this, like, unrealistic, oh, just do it all in CG and blah, blah, blah. It's like, here's how you take a model kit of a submarine and make it look like it's a huge submarine underwater. I'm going to have to look at that. That sounds really cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, and as I say, it's a U- UK channel. Uh, they do... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put all the links to all of these channels that we're talking about in the description so everyone can check them out themselves. But if, if you love kind of practical, low-budget filmmaking, or maybe you're starting out yourself and you want to get some ideas and some tips, it, it's a... It's a fantastic channel. Personally, I do not have the patience to to even know where to start with some of this stuff, <laughs> and I, it's never something I'm, I, I think I'm ever going to try myself. But watching how they do it and thinking, do you know what? Actually, yeah, if if I if you had could be the patience, <laughs> if I could be bothered, yeah. I could do that. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It's really good. My last one, and I have to save this one to last because it is my favourite. Um, <laughs> is Colin Furs, the Colin Furs YouTube channel. The man, the legend. Oh, he's an ex-plumber who builds the... A UK guy who builds the craziest contraptions 
and a few of these th- I, mean, I first you probably f- uh, found him at the similar time to me mark which was the um x-men props oh, not the x-men props but he gave he made himself wolverine claws and then he made himself um a pyro sprayer thing and he's an engineer and He's currently building a bunker in... Right, uh, start again. <laughs> All of this is done out of his shed, right? In his suburban house um, in the UK somewhere. I, yeah. I don't know if it's Leicester Way or something, but... <laughs> he's got this shed. In his garden, he already has a bunker, a underground bunker, and he's currently building a... Or he's probably built, but the way the videos have come out, he's currently building an underground tunnel from his bunker under his shed into his house. And I yes. always keep thinking, one, his neighbours must bloody love him. Oh, Secondly, he could never leave that house now, right? Surely. Could you oh. imagine the listing? I mean, yeah. I mean, most people, <laughs> well, I'll build an extension on and I'll add a bit more value to the house. But it's like, how do you explain this? You know, well, well it's got a, there's a tunnel <laughs> that goes to the bunker but he, <laughs> that's under the shed. He got his, not his rise to fame, but he got a chance to present on a Sky One show. Right. And then it was then he decided, I'm going to go YouTube full time because my, my, his okay. channel was doing all right. And he's something at like 11 million, maybe 12 million subscribers, something silly. Right. Yeah. But again, he seems a really down to earth guy. Yes. Yeah. He hasn't, what I would call sell, sold out, you know, he's not. I don't think he's under this big conglomerate who are going to push out all the channels, all the, you know, like oh, I, d- I don't no, know he, an example, he, he, but he's he not does, been taken on by a company. I still feel he does it all himself with his mates. He does. He does do quite a lot of like promotional tie-ins, though, doesn't he? Like I think when the Star Wars last Star Wars, yeah, film he did came some out, stuff he, with he Star Wars, and, and he's done stuff with Ford as well. So I mean, and eBay, he did a, sure, the Bond thing, didn't he? But, yeah. But he's not. I wouldn't still class him a sellout. He's doing it to oh, make no. sure his channel can go. Oh, of course, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. He's not like a big corporate thing. It's still him. But he seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, I think the first thing I saw him, and I, I didn't realize it was him at the time. I saw him years ago, and then saw the channel, and it was a while before I made the connection. But the first thing I saw him do was the world's fastest bumper car. Oh yeah, that was cool. Which is like, I don't know what it was, 80 miles an hour, something stupid like that. It was a world record thing, though, wasn't it? It was, wasn't yeah. it? That was the first thing I saw him do. And then, as I say, when I saw the channel, it took me a while to, to make the, the link. But you're right, some of the stuff he does, it, it, the Wolverine Claws, didn't he do, like, magnet shoes? Boots? Yeah. Mag- yeah, magnet shoes. But he's also taught, again, this is the, if I had the patience and the skill, he's mm. taught people how to make a jet engine. Yes. Oh, I'd love yeah. to do that. Oh yeah, and I think he did. Did he did one where he built something using parts he just got off eBay, wasn't he? It was all the bits he could get from eBay. So it's like, yeah, if you had the patience, it is something you could do yourself. And he's got books out now. I think mm. like science experiments do at home with kids, and it is oh, it's cool. really cool. I yeah. I think he's a really decent down to earth create creator, not yeah. a YouTuber creator. Yeah, I I think the the only thing is is the the music he uses on his videos. Sometimes. And I see, I quite like it because it's not big label stuff. It's just people fans have sent him music. Is it? Is that oh, what it is? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, take that comment back then, Mark. I'm not going to take the comment back, <laughs> <laughs> but I will. In its new context. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. I didn't realise it. I, I, do you know what I thought? I thought he was him with his own band and it was no, just no, no. to get his music out there. But if he's actually using it as a way to give other people a bit of exposure... It's better, yeah, exactly. Then that's cool. I'll exactly. let him off on that one. I'm not going to complain. Well, that, that's that's our list, really. I mean, I like I like that none of us mentioned Sidemen or any of those big hit. You know, Mr Beast, who's... Got more money than sense, but it looks like he does a lot with it and gives a lot of it away. But still, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some others obviously that are kind of quite big um, that I watch as well. But but I I like the ones which you know, like Colin Furs, where it's it's just him or it's just a couple of people. Um, and I think the biggest one I've probably included on my list is this sorted food, which is you know, they've got an app, they've got like a one of these recipe service things going. So they are more of a business than maybe they started out as. Sure. But it's still a group of friends doing it. 
and you can still tell they're just having a laugh doing it. Cool. Do you know what I mean? But whereas they've just they've grown over time to to do what they do now. But but yeah, I I, I do prefer these channels that have feel a bit more homegrown. I agree. Where, it, where it's not just some huge kind of corporate thing behind it. Honorable mentions then. Yeah, go on. Well, for me, um, Watch Mojo very similar to what what culture. Mm-hmm. lists and top tens and stuff and then I did another two so the Zach and Jay show two British YouTubers they've just done mad shit but it's now just the Jay show no no it's not it's now just the Zach show because okay. um, Jay's left to pursue some travelling which I think is pretty cool Yeah. but yeah they, they've the most recent one I saw Zach do was Guinness in every weather spoons in Northern Ireland and Ireland and <laughs> it, right. it ends messy but it's just weird stuff like that Yeah. Uh, and then finally for me Everybody knows these guys, the slow-mo guys. They're incredible. Oh, yes. Yeah. Dan and yeah. Gav are just amazing at, you know, talking about really complex stuff like film, you know, and cameras and whatnot, but mm. in a way that's not patronising. And Gav has made a bloody killing with capitalising on his skill. Yes. And, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just so talented. I, they they are great. Are they Because they, as the name suggests, right, they, they, they kind of use very high-speed cameras. Uh, and some of it's just fun, right? Just like what happens if we spin something around really fast until it oh, flies Oh, the, CD, the CD-ROM one is one that sticks in my head. But but with others, there's there's a genuine thing of like, they show you how certain things work that you just never see at normal speed. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a kind of educational element there as well. That, yeah, I, like, I do like that channel. I think for mine, I'd look at, uh, there's, a, there's a UK site called Techmoan which is um, kind of a retro, not always retro, but kind of a, a kind of retro tech review repair site where it kind of looks at, it might be some obscure PA system that was designed only for use in shops to play music back in shops, right? But he's managed to find one on eBay that doesn't work, so he'll buy it, fix it up, and then he'll try and find some tapes because they're a unique custom size right. that will work in it, for example, or he might... Or the next episode, you might be looking at brand new sound bars, right? So it's like a real mix of technology that he looks at, and, and if it's broken, he'll try and get it fixed. Um, the other two kind of go together. One's called Mr. Mobile, and, and one is MKBHD, who's pretty big in terms Marcus of... Marcus Brownlee, isn't it? That, that's right, yeah. Yes. So both of those... MKBHD is, is kind of a general technology channel, so phones, technology kind of side of things mr mobile is more dedicated towards phones but they're both really good in terms of like their in-depth um look at stuff they obviously do sponsored content and and so on but you do get the feeling that the they're giving their honest opinion on stuff just because they've been given a unit to review doesn't stop them criticizing it for example uh and mr mobile often looks at Maybe older phones as well. Like he'll, he'll he'll grab a phone from the ten years ago that he found on eBay, and like, how usable is this phone now? Kind of thing in the modern yeah. day. Um, so both of those are quite interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's that's those are probably mine covered. So I think it's a pretty good insight into what we like doing outside of normal film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty absolutely. good. Pretty good. Well, again, all the links are going to be dotted somewhere. And- yeah, we'll we'll put all the uh, links in the uh, description so everyone can check those out. And again, if anyone has got any they can recommend to us, please do. Uh, please get in touch. Drop us a line um, on Twitter at Culture Trumpet. Oh, do the uh, email. Do the email. Oh, podcast at culturetrumpet.com Oh, I love it when you say that. Yeah. Did I get it right? Yeah, you got it right. Well, uh, well <laughs> and you can also find all the old episodes on www.culturetrumpet.com Yes, there's a website now and everything. There is a website. We're, we're doing it proper now. And if there's a share, that would be awesome. We're like, not, we're not going to ask you for your money this week. Just no, give us no, a no. share. We've... By the time we this goes want out, to mention our Patreon at patreon.com slash culture trumpet. No, no, we're not asking um, you for your money. No, no, we, we, we don't want we don't want the Patreon. At we've hit a little milestone in, and I won't say it because it's too big for you to comprehend. But we've hit a little milestone in terms of downloads, and I think yeah. now is the point. We we want to still do this, but there needs to still be a bit of a point to it now. Yep. Yeah, so give us a share. 
give us a share. It's free. Otherwise, we'll just keep on nagging. And, um, you know, we we do want to keep smothering the crunchy toast of culture with the sweet, mm-hmm. sticky jam of chat. So, How long have you worked on that one? Oh, only about an hour or so ago. <laughs> uh, so if if you want if you want to keep nibbling at the chat jam on culture toast, share it. Share it, like um, it, subscribe. And we'll be it. back next week. Probably. We said that last time, and it was two weeks, didn't we? So. Uh yeah, because you know no life promises. gets in the way. Life uh finds a way. It does, doesn't it? Take it easy, listeners. Next time. See ya. Bye, Bye. for now. Bye. Bye.